Book Three Helios rose now, leaving the beautiful water of ocean, into the bronze bright heaven to bring light to the immortals, also to mortals, the men who dwell on the grain giving plowland. They then arrived in Helios' well built citadel, Pylos, where on the seashore the people were making a sacred oblation, offering all black bulls to the dark haired lord, the earth shaker. There nine cities were gathered. In each of the bands, five hundred people were sitting, with each group proffering nine of the black bulls. While these ate of the innards and burnt thigh flesh to the great god, those came straight to the land, then furling the sails of the balanced ship by breading them up, they moored her and then themselves landed. Out of the galley Telemachus stepped, but Athena was leading. First then spoke and addressed him the goddess, bright-eyed Athena. Now you should not be bashful, Telemachus, even a little, since, in fact, you have sailed on the seaway so as to find out news of your father, the land which hides him, the fate he encountered. Come now, go straight forward to Nestor, the tamer of horses. Let us discover whatever advice in his breast lies hidden. You go pray him yourself that he tell you the whole and exact truth. No false tale will he tell you, for he is remarkably thoughtful." Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to her, giving an answer. Mentor, how can I go? How can I be the one to make greeting? Never have I been proven in words close woven and crafty. Shameful it is for a youth to interrogate one who is older. Speaking to him made answer the goddess, bright-eyed Athena. Some things, Telemachus, you will discover yourself in your own mind. Others again some god will suggest. I cannot imagine it was against the gods' wills you received such birth and upbringing. So having spoken to him, then speedily Pallas Athena led him forward, and he came on in the goddess's footsteps. They went into the meeting of Pylians gathered on benches. There sat Nestor amidst his sons, and around him his comrades readied the feast. Some flesh they were roasting, and some they were spitting. Seeing the strangers arrive, they all came crowding around them, held out welcoming hands, and invited them both to be seated. First Pazistratus, Nestor's son, came up and approached them, took them both by the hand, and assigned them seats at the banquet, on soft fleeces of sheep laid out on the sand of the seashore, there beside Thrasymedes, his brother, as well as his father. Straightway servings of innards he gave them, and into a golden goblet he poured them wine. In welcome he spoke to them, pledging Pallas Athena, the daughter of Zeus, who carries the aegis. Raise your prayer now, stranger and friend, to the lordly Poseidon. His is the feast you have happened upon in journeying hither. When you have poured a libation and uttered a prayer as is fitting, give him also the goblet of honey-sweet wine, so that he may pour a libation, for he also, I am certain, directs his prayers to the deathless ones. Of the gods all mortals are needful. He, however, is younger, a fellow to me of my own age. Therefore you are the first to whom I will present the gold goblet. So he spoke, and he placed in her hand that goblet of sweet wine. Much did Athena rejoice in the man so thoughtful and civil, seeing that she was the first to whom he would present the gold goblet. Straightway many a prayer she uttered to lordly Poseidon. Listen to us, earth-holding Poseidon, 
and do not begrudge us making our plea, nor refuse to achieve these things that we pray for. First give Nestor and all of his sons good fame to attend them, then also on the others bestow some pleasing requital, all these Pylians here, the reward of a splendid oblation. Grant to Telemachus then, and to me also, to return when what we came here to do in the swift black ship is accomplished. So she prayed, and herself she was bringing it all to fulfillment. Then to Telemachus gave that beautiful two-handled goblet. So to the same intent then prayed the dear son of Odysseus. When they had roasted the outermost flesh and had taken the spits out, then they divided the portions and dined on a sumptuous dinner. When they had quite satisfied their appetites, drinking and eating, speaking among them opened the horsemen, Gerini and Nestor. Now indeed it is much more seemly to question and ask these strangers and guests who they are, since they have been cheered with a dinner. Strangers, who are you, and whence do you sail on the watery pathways? Have you affairs in trading, or do you recklessly wander over the sea in the manner of pirates who wander at random, putting their lives in danger and visiting evil on strangers? Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to him, giving an answer, confident now, for Athena herself had put in his spirit courage that he might ask him concerning his faraway father, so that a noble renown among men might hold him in honor. Nestor, Neleus' son, the Achaeans' preeminent glory, you ask where we are from, and to you I now will give answer. Hither from Ithaca we have arrived, from the isle below Naon. It is a private affair, not public, that I would discuss here. I seek news of my father, if somewhere abroad I will hear it. Noble Odysseus, the steadfast-hearted, who once, as the tale goes, fighting at your side, conquered the town of the Trojans and sacked it. For about all those others, the men who battled the Trojans, we know well where each of them perished in wretched destruction. That man's death has been made unknown by the scion of Cronos, since no man can declare with certainty where he has perished, whether he was brought down on the land by enemy fighters, whether he died on the sea in the surges of Amphitrite. Therefore have I come here to your knees now, thinking you might be willing to tell of his wretched destruction, in case you perhaps have seen it with your own eyes, or have heard the report of another wandering man, for his mother indeed bore him to be woeful. Spare me nothing, extenuate nothing, nor show any pity. Tell me all to the end, however it came to your notice. Here I implore you, if ever my father, the noble Odysseus, brought to fulfillment in word or in deed anything he had promised, when in the land of the Trojans Achaeans were suffering sorrows, now call them to remembrance and tell me the truth of the matter. Speaking to him, then answered the horseman, Gerenian Nestor, Friend, since you have recalled to my mind the afflictions we suffered in that land, undaunted in might, we sons of Achaeans, first those while in the ships on the seaway, misty and murky, roaming about after loot wherever Achilles would lead us, then those when we were fighting around Lord Priam's enormous citadel, there then perished whoever among us was greatest. 
There lies Ajax, the warlike hero, and there is Achilles. There also is Patroclus, the peer of the gods, as adviser. There is my own dear son Antilochus, mighty and faultless, swift beyond others in running, distinguished too as a fighter. But above these many evils besides we suffered, and who of men who are mortal could tell all those things fully and truly? Never, if you should remain five years, even six, here beside me, asking of all those evils the noble Achaeans endured there, sooner would you be tired and return to the land of your fathers.'